0: So, hi. Welcome to the Noise Podcast. We're here with Ryland from uh, Origami Angel. We're going to ask him some questions. I'm going to start. Uh, what inspired you guys to start the band? Um, so,
1: yeah, it's kind of a weird story. Um, me and Pat were in another band before, and Pat's the uh, drummer, the only other member of Origami Angel. We were in a band um, with a couple friends from high school, and it was like... I played lead guitar, and mm-hmm. he... He played um, he played drums in the band, and the the lead man of that band, the front man, and the bassist, they both like kind of left. Like the bassist moved to California one summer, and then our front man like, uh, he he went over and like spent the entire summer, and then part of the fall in Germany or something like that. And he was like, I'm not gonna be back. We had like tours booked and stuff, I think, and then like it kind of just collapsed and we were like well that sucks um so me and power kind of just left like uh we should probably start another band or something or you know do something because we were just kind of bored ass kids and yeah. then he was like uh he was like like let's start a two-piece band and i was like yeah i've always wanted to start a two-piece i was like we could sound like giraffes giraffes because we were both really into that band they're like this technical math rock effects heavy like shit and we tried that and it didn't work like we sucked oh and then <laughs> and then we were like fuck that we're gonna try to sound like mobo and that didn't work either so then we kind of just were like "We'll just you know feel it out and then we like took some songs that i had written from like before that i really didn't know what i was gonna do with and that kind of became our first ep but it was sort of just like you know out of two people wanted to continue playing music together because uh from the minute that me and pat started playing together in that band like I was really just I fell in love with the way that he played drums and like I've always felt this sort of natural like connection to him It's just like doesn't really feel like you're having to try to play music it just kind of feels like I don't know. It's cliche, but like it feels Feels very natural it feels like having a conversation with him and I felt like yeah. if we're doing that and it's just us in the band like It'll be smooth sailing, you know
2: <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah It's exciting. Awesome, dude okay. Thank you. Yeah, so uh Oh my god Okay, sorry I messed up and my mind just kind of stopped for a second. Okay, so what is your writing process like, and how do you think it's changed since your first EP?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so I feel like our first EP was kind of just some shit that I like had, writ wrote on a written, on acoustic guitar. Uh, before uh, we really took them to the full band nature, and I didn't really have them planned to go that way. They were just kind of songs yeah. that we tried to get to translate that way. Um. But with, like, everything past our first EP, Quiet Hour, so, like, starting on doing the most, I was kind of writing, like, my parts a little more intentionally to be, like, for a full band thing. And Pat was, like, like, I kind of realized this dude is, like, incredibly good at drums, and I feel like those songs that I was writing, like, kind of sold us short from, like, showcasing what he can do as a drummer.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So it kind of just became, like, more of a conscious effort between both of us to be, like, okay let's write these things that like go hard as hell we can just like i think another thing too is like we we wanted to write shit that we were going to have a lot of fun playing together like yeah just like uh just stuff that we like could gravitate towards naturally if we weren't even thinking about like writing a song so it's kind of weird because uh we kind of took a step back after that first ep together both kind of like thought of how we wanted the band to go forward like sonically
3: mm-hmm.
1: and we wanted to go for something more natural like like, that just, you know, the way that we would play the songs if we weren't even thinking about them. So that when we started kind of writing like that, once we sort of got a feel for that, it was kind of like, I felt comfortable to sort of like write a lot more on my own and like demo some ideas out and send them to him. And then we just kind of, you know, and that's kind of where it is right now. Like, we kind of connect, like Mm -hmm. digitally first, like, I'll demo some shit out and send it to him. He'll be like, this is sick. I already got ideas for this, you know, sometimes I'll put like fake drums on it. And he'll just like, be like these fake drums are i but i can do it so much better and then like he'll come with like some like big brain ideas and then we'll put it together and it's like we're already kind of you know flowing before we even like meet up to to practice which is pretty sick because pat's been away like he goes to college a couple hours away from me right now so that's been really helpful for like the last couple years like just being able to maintain that sort of productivity
0: yeah that's a really cool way that you guys go about it Mm -hmm. um thanks thanks So how do you feel about the rate that you've grown since that first EP?
1: You know, it's crazy, like, because I feel like I've, like, just, like, with what I've been doing in my life, like, since then, um, there's been so many, like, rapid changes in my own life that I haven't really had a minute until, like, after our last record came out to sort of, like, realize what was happening. Like, it kind of always felt like, you know, we're doing stuff, and that's how it should be. Like, we do more stuff, we get better at doing stuff, like, more people will care um but i didn't really it, it didn't like hit me like oh this is actually like an increasing thing till like we dropped our debut lp somewhere city um it kind of like everything that's happened after that like the tour that we did after that with this man called short fictions and this other man called Cheem, um just like all those shows were like insane and there are just people still like people hitting us up about it and being like yo this record means so much to me like really you know like from different corners of like just like everywhere like i never really yeah. expected to have people in phoenix arizona and and what's that other place uh you know just crazy places in the middle of the southwest you know yeah. just like yeah, yeah. that i've never been to in my life you know i never really expected people to have their own stories of how they connected to our stuff so i feel like i'm incredibly grateful for like how much has happened and i'm even like more grateful in a way that i'm kind of just now getting to like feel like what's what's what that reach has like or what our reach has grown to in that time
3: yeah
1: um just because like i feel like we've definitely been like very lucky in having a base of people that support us uh in a very passionate way and mm-hmm. uh I, i'm very grateful for that and it's i feel great about it <laughs> to answer you it shortly. Are, yeah good yeah
0: you guys are killing it right now so congrats yeah. to that thank you yeah
1: i appreciate it thank you
2: yeah yeah awesome so what does your band name mean? You Our know. <laughs>
1: Um, it's funny cause we were gonna, so like when we were writing the, um, the first EP Quiet Hours, so like when we were like getting ready to release it, we actually yeah. had all the music recorded without a name for the band. Oh, like okay. we, we had a name and, uh, and then we were like, yo, there's another band with that same name except for like one little difference. And they were very notable. Like, uh, and I was kind of like, damn, I didn't even realize that. Uh, I guess we don't have a name. And then I was hanging out with my best friend, Jacob, um, who there's actually a song about him on the record, uh, or he's, he's name dropped. But mm-hmm. um, uh, we were hanging out and we were just catching up. It was after my first semester at school, but well, I only did two. <laughs> but uh, uh, the first cute. one, I uh, uh, we were chilling out and we were sitting on these songs and I was just talking to him. I was like, you know, i just been, aside from this music shit, I've just been like chilling out, you know, trying to reconnect with some. Like shit from my past because I felt like really weird about you know being at school of doing being out of high school and just being a whatever people call an adult like I was just trying to you know revisit some other parts of like my past that I was really involved in so I in elementary school I was super big into origami Mm -hmm. um and I I started doing a lot more of that shit with my little brother when I was back Mm -hmm. and so I he was like well what's your favorite thing to make I was like I was like, well, I, I think it's sick to make an origami angel, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, you should name your band that because it sounds like what a shitty seventh grade punk band would would be called. <laughs> and I was like, damn, dude, like, Ow. what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah, is also... that a good
2: thing or is that a bad thing? <laughs> yeah.
1: But then he was, like, he was like, no, trust me, it's good because then people will hear you and be like, oh, they don't sound like a shitty seventh grade punk band.
2: Okay, and I was like...
1: Okay. <laughs> So I was like, "That's actually some great advice," um, and I I really like the the way that the name sounds. You know, yeah. um, I like the way that it looks. And I feel like for me, like as soon as I started like thinking about it more, I was like, "Yo, Origami Angel," that's the name of this band. And I was like, "Yo, Pat, we should name this shit Origami Angel." Hun, he was like, "Fuck no, that sucks." <laughs> like, like, and then like a couple months later, he was like, "I actually think it's pretty cool." So and like, then like a cool couple it. like about about six months ago, we were talking. He's like. Yo, I'm so sorry I, that uh, I said we shouldn't do that because like now I fucking love the name. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying, dog. That's what I'm saying. But uh, I I understand because like he was pretty attached to the name we had before, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's cool. Like I'm glad that uh, that everybody feels cool with the name, and I don't know. It, it, ever since then, it was kind of just like never really questioned it again. Like we're origami Angel, you
0: know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Can you drop the old name? Can you tell us what that was? What was it? Can you tell us what the old name was?
2: Yeah.
1: I don't want to. It's corny. Okay.
0: That's
1: fine. Oh, all right. Okay, all all right. I'm all sorry.
0: Right. Um, okay. So what artists are your biggest inspirations when you're writing music? You know, it's weird because I feel like
1: there's a ton of inspiration that would be, like, expected from, like, a DIY, emo, typey sounding band. Um, but then there's a lot, a lot of other ones that also I feel like don't necessarily, you wouldn't expect. Um, but so, like, as far as, like, aesthetically like what we were trying to do originally like we really love this band the obsessives they're from dc also um mm-hmm. they're great they used to be a two-piece they play with like four or five people now um but they're amazing and they're a great band they've been very formidable to me as a musician as a person just being able to see them come up was was tremendous um prince daddy in a hyena similar way uh although they're not from dc so we weren't like seeing them like that like that but um they they like i just remember the first time i heard their EP adult summers and just being captivated and being like this energy. Like that's that was part of like what like we wanted to do going forward after our first EP was just like yeah. that like aggressiveness, that sort of energy that they just had bottled up and like that was very inspirational. And you know, countless other like emo DIY bands uh that we we know and are friends with just like there's more than like I could even try to name just but the scene as a whole has been incredibly inspirational and motivational to me, you know. Um but also just like it was weird because I feel like I never really had, like, a pop-punk phase at all. I think I kind of jumped straight into emo from a pretty early age.
3: Okay.
1: Um, just because of some influences. Like, my cousin was super involved in, uh, like, the early Philly emo scene and shit. Um, but so I, like, dove back into, like, some easy core that I missed. Like, like way after I should have, you know?
3: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
1: But then I was, like, peeping bands like, you know, Can't Bear This Party, Abandoned by Bears, Four Year Strong, and, like, Chunk No Captain Chunk. And then the way... It's like it's weird because I feel like when I try to explain that to people they're like nah dude like shit's whack but to me it's like I feel like once you can get past the difference in texture of like what we're trying to do and what they're trying to do it's like they have this way of having these aggressive just you know ridiculous breakdowns and and instrumental parts that I love it's something that I love about uh, that that dynamic of music but then they're also mm-hmm. making it sound happy as hell too or they're making it sound like very sonically diverse from uh from like what that that sort of range would be used for most of the time you know what i'm saying so like yeah. getting into that stuff i was like that's really interesting you know it was never like we're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be like abandoned by bears but it was more like what can we you know what part of that message can we sort of adopt and like try to you know bring that energy into what we're doing um and same thing for like you know Certain just, like, alt-rock bands, like, the Bare Naked Ladies is, have always been, like, a huge band for me. I, like, they're mm-hmm. my mom's favorite band. They're the first concert I ever went to, second concert oh. I ever went to, third concert I ever went to. Like, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're ridiculous. But I feel like, you know, that's another band where I feel people sort of know, like, the memeage of it. But um, there's, like, there's a level of, like, songwriting there, I feel like, that's hidden. Like, to, to the public eye, just because, like, I feel like there's not... A lot of reason for most people to go past it's been one week since you looked at me type shit uh yeah. but yeah. for me like i i'd always known that discography um so i hold that like very very deeply because i feel like that band has managed to sort of balance in their discography like goofiness and also have, being very serious at times and and using a whole range of musical tones lyrical tones and, and strategies like that so just like I feel like that is one that I've taken a lot of inspiration without even realizing at first, you know what I'm saying? And then like yeah. coming back, I was sort of like peeping some of their early stuff and just like some like B-sides that they have, or not B-sides, but you know, like like uh, deep cuts. And I'm just like, I didn't realize how much I was taking from this like, like in there, but like how much inspiration that gave me as a musician and just sort of like the courage that it gave me to sort of embrace like myself, you know what I'm saying? Like, and mm-hmm. like my voice. So I think, yeah, it's weird. I feel like everyone's got that, like, just, like, an outlier band that sort of made them do this shit in a different way than they might have if they didn't have that band. And that's definitely one of those bands for me.
3: Okay.
2: I respect that. Awesome. Thank you. That was a great answer. Honestly, that was really good. Like I.
1: Thank you. I appreciate
2: (laughs) it. Yeah, dude. Wow. All right. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have three EPs that are named uh, after or have the same theme as uh, three games. You have Mortal Kombat, Pokemon, and Minecraft. Are you planning on continuing that theme for, like, any upcoming EPs if you're planning on releasing any new ones?
1: You know, there's no plan to right now because there's no EP plans. But, like, okay. I, I won't say no to, to, like, maybe doing that in the future. But at the same time, it's, like, no promises. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. there's there's no real... uh. There's no real plan to do anything like that. But yeah, so we got like the, the holy split thing, the thing with Commander Salamander that mm-hmm. like is styled Mortal Kombat and obviously there's just the Pokemon one of the Minecraft one that it just happened to. So yeah. I think that there is no uh there's no way that we will go forward without at least embracing some of those same energies like in our aesthetic and in, in the in the music itself. Like that's definitely gonna continue to play a part in this band, you know.
2: <laughs> awesome
0: okay um so just can you just tell me about the minecraft ep because i thought it was very interesting
1: yeah yeah okay so so there was this first of all backtrack before any lockdowns any sort of you know shit there's this place called the summit shack in bowling green ohio and they put on amazing shows um all the time they put on these amazing fests and they have this one called Focella. um we played Focella three in fall 2019 not sorry sorry sorry. spring 2019 and then we played diy prom fall 2019 and connor who runs the summer shack is the ultimate homie he's great he's so good at just you know making shit happen making these big fests happen Mm -hmm. um so there was supposed to be a fest called four cello or four cello four that was going to be happening this past april obviously you know lot of shutdowns a lot of that shit became illegal so even if like they try yeah. to do it like under the table not gonna happen you know what I'm saying yeah. um, so Connor put together this thing to the, like the whole entire fest lineup to try to digitally move it over to twitch and minecraft um, and he, he did an insane job putting this, that all together and I'll be so honest I slacked so hard like he had been hitting me up like yo can I get this set for this and I'd be like yeah, yeah I'm gonna record the acoustic stuff um, so some stuff came up with like my health in between and just like some other really weird things that were going down for me and specifically to like our, our lo- location, like I'm in a pretty high COVID count area right now too. So oh. it was just, it was, there was a lot of shit. Um, but regardless, um, I was slacking and then the night before our set, so we went on to the second day. So the first day happens, I'm like, okay, I'm going to record this acoustic shit after, you know, after I eat some. But then I'm calling, I'm on the phone with our agent, Alex Martin, who's like my best friend in the world. Mm. And I'm talking to them, just being like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. Should I just do acoustic shit? I feel like I've done a bunch of live streams already and acoustic stuff. Like, I feel like I'd be selling people short if I just did the same thing over again. You know, I don't want to do that. And then they're kind of just like, you know, you can like record like multiple things. Like, you can go as crazy as you want with this. And they're like, and then they say, you probably shouldn't because you go on Tomorrow. Like, you should either do it very simply and quickly right now. And then, like, I feel like something when they said that, I was, like, I'm about to do, like, I'm about to completely do something different than what I was planning on doing, you know? So, I basically, immediately was, like, what if I, you know, sort of did, like, some, like, lo-fi, trappish, like, drum type shits, and then just did a little bit of alternate versions of some songs that are already out. And Mm -hmm. then, in between, I can put on some, like, some remix of of game music, because, like, I could probably make a remix of a a fucking Pokemon song uh, just for lols, you know, in between, like, yeah. the tracks. So I start on that, and I'm, like, doing it, and then I get through it, and I'm like, I can actually do this. You know, I'm like, I can actually finish this. So I kind of, like, do it, record the vocals in the morning. There's an acoustic version of it. Well, the song is acoustic itself, but there's a, a new song on the end of it. But it kind of got put together very quickly. Like, I stayed up that entire night to just do it. Um, and then so we put it on. It's crazy because the, the server breaks down like when we're supposed oh. to go on on for uh for this this live stream mm-hmm. the server crashes so they're ju- they just put it up on twitch with the image mm-hmm.
3: instead of having it
1: in minecraft so like i feel like there's a lot of like hysteria around it almost like like what the hell's going on how did this minecraft server break you know people are in the twitch now chatting yeah. up a storm it's like probably 300 something people in there Damn. it's oh, a lot wow. of people i'm freaking out because i'm like i'm like this is crazy you know like i've yeah. never done an e-gig like this before so Effectively, the set's playing to this image. People are really liking it. I'm three minutes behind, like my stream, so I don't really know what's happening currently. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sort of seeing people's reaction to like, oh my god, this thing happened. I'm like, did they like it? You know, I'm still on the three minutes before, and yeah. then so <laughs> Jake Salzer, uh, the owner of Counterintuitive Records, the record label we're on, he messages our group chat, and he's like, yo, what if we press this on vinyl and put up this shit? for sale as soon as the stream is over like as soon as the set is over damn so (laughs) basically impulsively like this idea has existed for maybe 14 hours at this time (laughs) and we're already talking about pressing vinyl i thought he was joking but then he's like no for real let's do it send me the masters let's go and do it like let's press this right now puts the link up submits for test presses and i'm just like i'm freaking out because i'm like like in a great way i'm losing my mind because like I didn't expect the reception to be positive at all. I thought people would just be like, "Oh, that's kind of cool, you know, whatever." But yeah. you know, Jake puts a thing up for some shit. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I did not expect this to happen. Also, you gotta keep on. Like, I haven't slept in 36 hours. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, people are texting me like, "Yo, what the hell, man? I'm like, that was crazy." And I'm like, "Yeah, you think that's crazy? We're about to put it up for vinyl, like on vinyl yeah. release, yo. It's crazy. I'm losing my mind." Um. Then I go to sleep right after that. I wake up. like the next day and uh it was just really cool like honestly it was like the most impulsive like rapid fire thing i've ever been involved with but i think the thing that's really interesting is like as you know more artists more bands are in quarantine it's like that's the shit that's getting through to people is like the stuff that is like more like rapidly like you know off the top of your head because i feel like as artists with album cycles we're trained to sort of like you know fall right into this two albums like two year one year album cycle thing where we're like prepping and prepping and it's like okay we're sitting now we're sitting just to like have this but there's no sitting right now you know with these live streams it's like people are online 24 7 more than they ever have been before Mm -hmm. stuff is like physical media like pre-orders and stuff is being bought at rates that i haven't seen it it's just like for like so many different bands it's it's really crazy and it's 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 kind of inspiring in a way you know if there's any sort of light at the end of the tunnel for artists who've been like screwed over by not touring i feel like there have been a lot more opportunities to sort of like let that instant creativity uh sort of shine through mm-hmm. um the other part the, like the flip side of that is like not everybody has those resources though so yeah. yeah it's like still all in all very negative time but you know i do see a lot of people like doing things that i don't think they would have done unless yeah. these circumstances were here so props to like everybody really doing anything because like for themselves it's great you know for their band it's great but then also those people that that like are going through some shit right now we're all going through something but to have something to look forward to do like that is it means a lot to a lot of people I know that it means a lot to me you know so like yeah uh, I just like it's hats off to like every artist who's like continuously like doing live streams and pulling out new shit and showing people and showcasing n- different sides of their bands I think yeah. that's something that's really inspirational to me oh
3: yeah awesome yeah Dude,
2: I... that's that was a really cool story Yeah, that was <laughs> like,
1: yeah, wow. sorry it's a long one, but uh... it's
0: so good. Oh I no, it's fine. It. Um, yeah, yeah. When I was listening through it, it was a trip, and I texted Glory <laughs> while I was listening to it. I'm like, this band sampled the bruh sound effect, and I thought that yeah. was the best thing. That is one of the best yeah, things right. I've ever heard. Um,
1: yeah, thank you. Can that was impossible. You... I was I was sitting there with the beat, and I was like, something's missing. And I was like, I know what I got. I got kind of Dragon put the bruh sample in the there. Bruh and just, you
0: know. right. I love it. Yeah. Um, thank can, you.
1: <laughs> can you tell me about
0: the cover. What was going through your head when you were making the cover? Yeah.
1: Totally. <laughs> okay. So this is obviously an equally interesting story. Tell so, it. um, so we're we're playing a show with Prince, daddy and the Hyena, the Obsessives, oh, wow. and Retirement Party in July. Back in July, back when shows happened, yeah. it was crazy.
0: That was a crazy um, time.
1: We open the show. We see that there's a projector behind the like the the stage,
3: uh-huh. and
1: Our manager lex is there and she runs chatterbot she's like literally also my best friend like pat alex martin and lex like and i are like the four homies you know how it is but uh um basically so so lex is like plotting like what could we put up here you know like what could we put behind us and lex is like what if we like had a minecraft thing behind us i'm like yeah what if it was the minecraft dude with the douchebag hat on like from the 2008 memes and I was like, also, here's this picture of a local McDonald's that I just have. It's raining. Yeah. And I was like, do you want to put it in front of that? And she's uh-huh. like, bet. Fuck it. We make the, the thing like a square and like, <laughs> and then we show it to the dude who's like running the board and we're like, can we have this projected behind us? And he's kind of like, nah, dude, that shit's whack. That's like, <laughs> I, we're not going to do it. And we were like, okay, whatever. We'll just play the set. It would have been funny if we did it. But so that's like in my favorites in my photos cuz I think yeah. it's a funny ass picture anyway. Yeah. It was in Lex's too. So when that stream broke, when the when the the Minecraft server broke and it was just a Twitch stream, mm-hmm. Lex sends Connor that picture and it's just like, "Yo, just put this
3: yeah. on the
1: screen and we'll play it like while like we'll play the set while that picture's up." And mm-hmm. then while Jake is hitting the group chat like, "Yo, like like, what should this cover art be? I mean, Alexa, like, we already know. Like, we both send that picture at the same time. Like, just this, nothing else. Nothing. Like, else. yeah. So that picture has existed for almost a year now. Oh, uh, wow. But I think that's the other funny thing is like the the thing that existed longer than the music, you know, longer than this idea was that fucking picture. And like <laughs> we were just like, <laughs> there was none of those songs made like. Except for the twenty-four hour drive-through one I did for a, um, I did for a split a couple months previous, but mm-hmm. everything else was brand new, off like I made it that day and uh, or recorded it that day at least, and that picture has existed since July twentieth, two thousand nineteen. So yes. it's just like that's great. I, I, it's that's hysterical to me. That's yeah. just part of the thing. It, that was the other thing is just like having that image. I, it's crazy because like for me, so like I've looked up the counterintuitive records, in my entire like. The way that like as long as i've known about ci i've been like that's the coolest label in the world they inspire me it's a treasure to be on it as it is mm-hmm. but it is so freaking funny to go onto their website and just see that listed like that <laughs> picture and i'm just like yo if you told like 17 year old me or however old i was when jake started a record label like yo you're gonna be on ci rex and you're going to have this as your Minecraft. I, like, Or as, as your album cover, this Minecraft shit. I would just feel like you're absolutely nuts. Like, there's no way. But, um,
3: yeah.
1: man, it, it's it's funny. It's yeah. funny as shit to me, but I don't know. It's cool. It's cool.
0: Yeah, I think it's hilarious yeah. that the music existed for, like, 14 hours, but the cover art has been around for almost a year, so. Yeah. yeah it's
2: wonderful. Cool. Yeah. It was meant to be.
0: It was meant that's to amazing. be. We're on that planning shit. Yeah.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah so you actually uh touched up on it for a second but not exactly what i want to bring up uh your song 24 hour delivery you have a kevin durant quote at the end of it and i really wanted to ask like why did you choose that quote
1: yeah okay so um that in itself has like a couple layers like just as far as like (laughs) so like i've loved basketball my entire life i don't know if uh either y'all follow anything but um so that new documentary KD just put out,
3: uh, mm-hmm. Basketball
1: County. That's my home county, Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, so I've always had a, a like a connection to basketball as a whole. Uh, there have been some great ball players just like coming through my high school, coming through Pat's high school. Pat actually went to high school. Markel Fultz, the number one oh, pick wow. of the 2017 draft. Oh. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was at that school, and Oladipo was there too. So like maybe maybe he was the year before, but like so like there's a rich history of basketball just. It, uh, everywhere in our surrounding area, and it's always been a part of my life. Like as long as I really was cognizant, like just like knowing about basketball. Um, yeah. And I feel like I, I definitely like, <laughs> for a minute, was using like games as a coping me- mechanism as the as the beginning of the pandemic was starting. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember watching live like as their season shut down and just how much like more seriously it got for like the world because it was like yeah. their a player got the shit they shut down the season. Everyone else is like, yo, we're shutting down all these public events. Like mm-hmm. for me, I know that's like, if they're shutting down the courts, they're probably going to shut down the venues. This yeah. tour yeah. is going to get canceled. Everything yeah. is going. So I just remember how much of an impact that had for me. So during this pandemic, I have just been like reconnecting with a lot of the old games that I watched when I was younger. So I was like watching 2007 playoff games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and just some other shit that I actually wasn't even around for. Like I was watching Olympic basketball from like the 90s and the Dream Team, all that. Um, and I-, I just remember like making it Uh, the Minecraft thing, and I was like, I feel like I wanted to have a speech of some sort in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, thinking like, I could use some sports shit, I could use some KD shit, and I was thinking, you know, that's the MVP speech that he gave.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, It's like, got the iconic, like, to his mom, like, you're the real MVP thing. And I knew that was in there, but I'm like, this is a 15-minute speech. I'm sure there's something else I could hear that maybe someone hasn't heard before. Um, And the thing, like, while I was listening to it, and well, i had been up for like you know a really long time at this point it's like five in the morning yeah. i'm wow. I'm watching it and the way that he's talking to a teammate who had got traded there um about like a piece of paper you know that he left in katie's locker saying like that just wrote on a KD katie mvp but before the mvp race was even really decided um that kind of like for me it was weird because just like i feel like that's something so simple and so pure and yeah. um and I just already have a connection to Kevin Durant as it is and connections to, like, a lot of PG County basketball players. I just feel a lot of pride uh, for a mm-hmm. lot of them. So, And then, you know, he starts crying in the thing, and I'm just like, this is honestly, like, I feel like there's a lot of toxicity around the, like, the fandom of, like, sports and a lot of franchises, like, fans, but
3: yeah.
1: I feel like seeing something that pure from, like, one of the best players, like, you know, in the NBA right now, kind of really, it moved me in that moment, and I was like, that's going over this you know like that that has to happen just because there's too many connections uh for for it not to be and i feel some type of way about it and i really love that message and just like also it's just great you know he talked about each one of his teammates in that thing and it, it i was thinking a lot about like how our team works at the time and just like how grateful i am to be surrounded by like you know such great people that i trust and people that believe in me and i believe in them you know? it's like that's how i feel about the gami team you know not just you know me and pat but also lex and and alex martin and jake salzer and jake checkaway who records our music and jamie coletta who does pr for us like they're all MVPs, you know so it it was kind of just how i was feeling in the moment. this this is what it is because this is how i feel about this team right now that we have and you know i just found that parallel to be pretty moving at the moment yeah right.
2: yeah oh my god that was so wholesome yeah. i'm sorry that was that was great wow <laughs>
0: thank you um so how do you feel about the reception to your n- new album?
1: To Summer City or the Minecraft?
0: Uh the the album, the full length. The
1: album. Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um honestly it's <laughs> it's pretty mind-blowing. It's been way crazier than I anticipated. You know, I kind of like thought that we'd put it out and people would be like this is cool cuz people had always, you know, been pastoring us for an LP like before um before we had put it out people were like when's this band gonna drop a full-length album when and we'd always been sitting on it just like come on we, you know we gotta we're working like on our our band fund to be able to record a full-length album i think that's a lot of a thing that a lot of people overlook is like we try to sustain ourselves as like a band so it's like we're we weren't going to like sink ourselves in negatives um just because we couldn't do that uh but once we were financially able to like we we recorded it um, we, we were really happy with the record, you know, and I'm, I'm incredibly happy with the record now, and I've always been just even like through the writing process, but I never really anticipated it to be kind of like regarded to some people as like their album of the year. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. I saw a lot of people saying that at the end of 19 and I was just like, that, that's incredible to me. Cause I, I didn't think it was going to be like that. I, I really thought that, you know, there'd be like some outliers and like dark, like, uh, what I'm saying, diehard fans that are gonna, like, say that, but not, like, people who had just heard it for the first time, and I feel like there was a tremendous reception that I, I couldn't have anticipated at all, for me, because, like, you know, I'm incredibly proud of this release, but I've been incredibly proud of every release we put out, you know, Uh so there was nothing that, like, was, like, a sign to me that was, like, oh, this is gonna be the one that, like, you know, triples you in size, Mm -hmm. there was nothing like that before we put it out, um, but once we put it out, just seeing that reception, and seeing how many people were ready to embrace the positivity that we kind of spoke out into the world. Um, that was just like really heartwarming to me as both, you know, both an artist or, or a writer and just as a person, you know, a person with a message and a goal. I feel yeah. like it it was very touching. And, you know, to this day, I still see people saying stuff like online, just like, yo, I just found out this band, but I'm really, you know, loving what they're doing so far. And to me, it's like, I, I just, it's special because I have been in that position with bands that have changed, you know, my life. Not to say that we're changing theirs, but like, but like defining moments in my life where I figure out a band's LP, like where I find it out, yeah. or when they when a band drops an LP that I've been waiting for for a while, like Heck No Nancy with the Obsessives, and how that, you know, that's a defining moment in my life, and it just it makes me appreciate that a lot more from like the artist side, just like, you know, knowing that these are there are those personal connections to this record. It, it it's very humbling, and it uh, it it just it makes you. It's a really undescribable feeling, but like, I don't know. It just makes me feel warm about like what we're doing, and that you know something that we put a lot of work into is received like that. It's just a, uh, you know, it makes us. That's why we do this shit. You know, we do it because we love it. But it's like that's just like so much more reassuring. You know, yeah. on top of that.
2: Yeah. That's a good answer. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Dude, thank all you. your answers are like really good. I'm yeah. just gonna say this now. Like your answers are so in detail, but it's not like you're droning on, you know? It's thank you. It's I good. appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've had some practice. I was just on a podcast last night, so I'm in, I'm in like uh that was you're my in the warm zone. up. I'm yeah. in the zone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <didn't> <laughs> nah, but thank y'all for real. It's been a blast. These are great questions. Like, thank I you. love talking thank to you. Thank you.
2: Awesome. So I don't have a good segue for this question. Um so I'm just gonna straight out ask it. Uh, do you have a favorite tour memory?
1: Ooh, i have a bunch of pretty cool ones but
2: okay
1: i feel like the ones that i remember like like as soon as like you say that are like really not like wholesome things they're just kind of funny things um yeah. <laughs> there's this we <laughs> there's this mcdonald's we went to just because of the way it looked in huh? Roswell, New Mexico, it's shaped like a fucking UFO. Like it's got a, like what? it's like it's shaped like a saucer, like a UFO saucer. Oh my god! And so we we went in there, and um, and it's actually on our Instagram story. But I, I'm taking this video, and I'm like, yo, we're at the Spaceship McDonald's. And then Alex Martin, who who uh, is our 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 booking agent, but is also the bassist of Short Fictions, the band that we went on that full U.S. with, mm-hmm. um. And they just, like, look at the camera, and they go, we on spaceship, and, like, pretty loud, and then there's just, like, a bunch of fucking random people,
3: mm-hmm. like,
1: looking at us, just like, what the fuck are these people doing? <laughs> um,
3: yeah.
1: And then we, we were kind of, like, literally got out of there as soon as, because we were not trying to order anybody that at all. Or maybe Pat oh. was, or somebody. But we were, like, we were, like, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but it, that's, like, I don't know why that comes up. It's just, like probably cause I watch that video every day. The way that they say it is like hysterical. It, it feels like a TikTok the way that they say it.
3: Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Cause like
1: it, it goes from like Instagram video to like TikTok type face. Yeah. Shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I gotta say like another favorite is, um, the beat kitchen in Chicago. We played uh, a great band, Mount Pocono, you know, actually like, you know, one of my favorite bands to come out of like the Midwest, just at all. They, they make great music. Um, it was their last show ever. And oh. it was the first time we played with them. It was the first time we played in Chicago. The show was sold out. It was near the end of this past tour. Um, and I've always, you know, just had this fascination with Chicago as a city. I'd never been there though. Um, I just always heard a lot. And like, you can check your Spotify stats, right? Like mm-hmm. as an artist. And mm-hmm. for ours, like as long as we've been like, Above like a thousand monthly, Chicago has always had the most listeners for Origami mean, Angel. So I always wanted to get there, even though we never really did. Yeah. Um so first time in Chicago, this venue that I've seen so many of my favorite tour packages hit. We um we we sell the venue out pre-sale. Like not like oh. like the tickets before sold out. This oh, never wow. happened for us before. And, and I and I was just blown away by it. show was an insane energy the entire time like the crowd had a ridiculously fun ass time i had a fun ass time people were stage diving people like were just like moving from the first note to the last and like i just like that type of energy the first time we ever get to play a city at all you know like that's nuts like similar thing happened in phoenix and la we play we played like orange county before but i think like this last tour the first time we played la proper it was the most amount of people we've ever played to. It was a completely stacked show. This band Glass Beach played, Stepbrother played, and it was just a, it was just that was another amazing moment where I was kind of just feeling like, this this is a little too, too real right now for me. Like in the middle of that set, like there was a lot of people singing back like, lyrics, and then like some like the lyrics and Find Your Throne, which is what we was with on that tour. Like um during that part at the end, I was just kind of like. This is dope as fuck. Like, like it just hit me, yeah. and it's like, that's definitely one of my favorites, too. All
3: right. I like that.
2: Oh, my God. That's wild.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um... I feel like there's some other... Oh, 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 oh. Hold up. This is actually the best thing, though. Okay. okay. I'm sorry for... acting <laughs> ...act like I was done with answering this one. It's we stole... <laughs> we found...
0: Okay.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We
1: found a Dunkin' Donuts rug outside of a Dunkin' Donuts. It's like they're just giving away or something. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, on the yeah. Curve. They were but they were
2: away. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, but so the I feel like the reason it was outside was cuz it was like they washed it cuz it was wet. We realized that later. We needed a drum rug. So we're like this is about to be our drum rug and it's just so n- that they're giving it away. But I guess uh-huh. it was wet. So we we had it in the car and then we we took it out that night and we're like, yo, this shit's wet. We're going to put it on the top of a roof. And this is in Phoenix. So we're going to uh-huh. let it dry out in in the dry-ass Phoenix whatever you know uh atmosphere and at the end of the show we'll put it back i even set a reminder on my phone put the rug off the the um the roof Mm -hmm. put it in back into the trunk so we're packing up i completely forget to do that (laughs) everyone else forgets i'm backing out the venue pull it out into the street accelerate um and i just hear come off the off the roof and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, nah, the rug just fell off the fucking roof. Because at that moment, no. that's when I'm realizing, like, yo, I just realized the rug is gone. And it's Phoenix. It's like a Friday night. It's like 10 p.m. You know, hypothetically, it should be like everybody out hours. Like we're like a couple blocks from like downtown, like the main street of Phoenix. Yeah. So like, there's pl- there's things everywhere. There's restaurants, all like fast food places on at both sides of the road that we're on. We're at this like we're posting this light. I'm like, y'all, we gotta go back get that rug. Cause, yeah. We just found that rug in Dunkin' Donuts. It's too exactly. good to be true, yeah. and they're like, "No, no, no!" I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes!" I'm like, "I'm gonna do it." You know, I'm like, "I'm driven in D.C. all the time. Like, I can drive anywhere." So I pull this U-turn, and like I'm going, I'm like, like going pretty quick to take this other U-turn and and, and put the flashes on, get out, and get the shit, expecting to yeah. do this like like in the. And then I realized, like, as I'm making the second U-turn, as I hit the flashers and get out the car, I'm like, no one is driving right now. We were the only car on the road on a Friday night at 10 p.m. in Phoenix, Arizona, a major city, you know? Yeah. Wow. Like, and I was like, I was like, what the hell is going on? And then someone was like, yeah, it's only old people live here. I hear that. There's like a, it's like a retirement city. But I was like, that oh. can't be true. Like, that can't be true because, like, we're still by the downtown. You know, there should have been someone, like, who passed us.
3: Yeah at mm-hmm. least
1: on one side of the road but i'm out here like sprinting to get this rug back into the trunk and i'm looking around I'm like no one is outside <laughs> and it's nice like yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on um so that was just kind of like a weird thing that happened but that was hysterical once i got back in the car i was like i totally look like a dumbass if anybody was out there me sprinting around like like yeah like i was like like in philly or something or like you yeah. know like it, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. Anymore. Like I probably got hit by a car. Yeah, sure.
2: yeah. Don't don't do yeah, that in Philly. If yeah. that happens again, don't do it in Philly. Or, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah.
1: We we know now. It's dry now, so hopefully that will
2: never happen
1: again.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. I was just about to ask. Do you still have it? You still have it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: We oh, yeah. oh my god. The, the rug That's that they awesome. found.
2: Um, best best find ever. Best find. Yeah. I guess. Best find. Yeah. Hell oh,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any pre-show rituals? Um.
1: The fact that I'm like having trouble to think of any makes me feel like we don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's cool. Um, except so I have this sample pad that I had on my, my pedal board the last tour before we play, I guess it's almost like a pre-show rush, but it's like preset. You know what I'm saying?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: We kind of go on, we do our thing. We set up, I play to a couple different amps, you know, just cause we're a two piece. I got to beefing up the sound yeah. play like three amps on this last tour. Um, Two guitar amps and a bass amp, I set that up. Pat sets up his shit. We're like, we give each other eye contact. We're like, all right, it's go time. I hit this thing on the sample pad, and it starts playing the Minecraft uh, C418 Sweden. Yeah. And and then we're like, what's up, Origami Angel? What's good? Hope y'all enjoy the show. And then we hit the GameCube startup sound, and then we play this breakdown, and then we go into the song 24-Hour drive Through. So that was oh our preset God. ritual for like the last couple of tours. Um, I like that. That's all I can think of that, like, happens every time, though. Okay. I feel oh like God. I do, like, sort of vocal warm-ups. I do, like, the siren shit, like, that wee wee shit that they tell you to do in theaters.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, Not that I did theater or anything. Someone told me that, they t- <laughs> that that's what they did in theater. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Pat probably has got some. He used to do pre-workout.
2: Pre-workout, like those... jumping jacks.
1: Yeah. Or... No, 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 like, like the, the powder, like the protein powder.
2: Oh! Oh, oh yeah, okay, like, like, okay. like
1: he's getting ready to work out. Um, yeah. Which All is right. not inherently bad unless he was to overuse it, but he didn't. Like, he, he used to work at a gym, so he knows what's
3: good with that.
2: Yeah, yeah okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of live shows, what would you say your top three songs to perform live are? Top
1: three. Yeah, it's weird because, like it's changed a lot I feel like since the record's been out um Mm -hmm. because back in the day like I say the day like it wasn't eight months ago but like we used to play the song Romhack which is at like at the time like our best performing song like our most well-known jump um off of our second EP and that was like always the best but like that would be like low-key dull compared to some of the other ones like from the record on this past tour and I was just like what the fuck like what's going on like this used to be the one going on but you know sometimes we'll play that and people will be like oh yeah we're i'm hit to that so like some some places definitely still go hard as hell for it like equally to like the new ones but that was kind of a weird thing to adjust to so i'd say like now um definitely like my favorite three to perform live had to be 666 flags Mm -hmm. um xd of darkness which we didn't do a lot on this last tour but that song i feel like is our like most different ass song mm-hmm. and it's just like fun as hell to play people love it when we play that song because usually they don't expect to hear it like we don't play it that often yeah. and then and then find your throne i really love the way that we've always played that song just like i love our energy i love people's energy especially because like this last tour we closed with it it was just like something about that like knowing that it's going to be the last song like made people like go that much harder
3: yeah. and it's mm-hmm.
1: like that one has like this kind of like slow build-up energy and just like it, it 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 feels really good to play that song like at the end of our set and just end it because like I'd always had like trouble like with what we were ending our sets with until that song was out and we could end it at and it was just like
0: cool
2: yeah, yeah
0: um yeah, so where do you i see... say those are my top three okay oh sorry it's okay. oh where do you see the band in the next five years
1: sheesh, um I feel like that would have been a different ass question like five or six months ago you know yeah um because i don't really know where i see the world in five years you know what i'm saying hopefully there's gonna be a state of normalcy that is you know returned to at some point but it's like there's there's really no indication that love like, when that might be like yeah. i'm hopeful that that'll happen but i don't know if that'll happen in six months or two and a half years and i don't know what the long-term impact of it's going to be past you know what it is right now mm. um but what I can just you know hope to say is like I hope that we are continuing to just have fun writing music and continue to just like put out our you know further our, our own personal narratives like through the band you know further our artistic ambition just get more creative with shit and you know honestly just the things that I know that I do see in five years is I know me and Pat are still going to be chilling I know that we're still going to be writing the music that we want to I know that. Alex and and Lex, Jake Seltzer, we're all just going to still be homies and still plotting on, like, ways to, like that we can do this shit. Um, yeah. And, like, honestly, that's, like, all it's, it is is for me is just, like, doing it with the, the team of people that, like, we've done it with for a while. I think that we've got a great team and just everybody is so, you know, they know their role, in a way, on this thing and, and they do it so well that I'm just confident that I know that continue to be making the music that we want to in five years you know like yeah. i feel like that's <laughs> i might have had like a more uh i guess like a more grounded answer to that if there was like any sort of normal circumstance yeah. um right yeah. now but you know i'm sorry if that's like a no I pop get that. out answer but uh, oh no
2: it's fine yeah, it's I completely realistic get that. yeah well, <laughs> word, word. yeah you get it cool so yeah, for respect. the last couple questions We're going to uh, go away from music for a second, and we're going to go straight to death row. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be, and uh, why? With a drink. With a drink.
1: With a drink? Yeah. Okay. That's a fantastic question. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Um, I'm trying to think. Because, you know, I'll stay true to the brand. I'm going to get... The banana cream, caramel, uh, salted caramel pancake stack from Denny's. Wow.
3: um,
1: To drink, I feel like... I feel like I'd get a Dr. Pepper with, like, a little bit of ice. Like, a little bit. It's like two cubes. Yeah. Like, Wendy's fountain Dr. Pepper, but not Wendy's ice. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, too much ice.
2: They do, yeah.
1: And then... I feel like I'd be doing myself a disservice if I didn't go a little bit harder than that for my life. I'd also have a pickled egg and sunflower seeds. Wow. (laughs) That's just a little thing. Yeah, it's good.
2: there's,
1: There's this weird thing. I don't know if they do this anywhere else in the world. It's a thing here. Um where you'll get like a pickled egg or whatever like with the red beet shit or whatever yeah and you put it in like a little bag and then you put sunflower seeds in the bag like with the shell and shit and you mash mm-hmm. up the egg and you cut a little hole and you eat them together and chew the seed and i know it sounds fucking weird but that is like one of the best things i've ever had in my life and it's like that's like my go-to like some fucked up shit just happened that's what i'm about to.
3: You yeah
1: okay. eats that's what I'm about to ingest because like it's um it's weird as hell like and I, and I know it, but it's also dope, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and I feel yeah. like I've told a lot of people like this is what I fuck with, and people are like, you are the craziest dude I know <laughs> like but um, I'd say that that would be like my little appetizer,
0: so that's like yeah. your comfort food then like that's your go to comfort food right there
1: go to yeah. yeah, I right. wouldn't even say it's like a go to because I feel like in my regular day to day life like it's almost too powerful to continue to to utilize yeah. you know what I'm saying, so like it's like it's a it's a rare occasion type thing for me, mm-hmm. but it's like uh it's like if there was dire circumstance, you know death yeah. row
2: death row you know
1: okay. as an example, definitely that would be that's a move
2: okay yeah yeah right. you don't want to overuse it and then you get sick of it so yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's the, that's
0: the thing is, uh, you get it yeah, so if cool. you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live?
1: Uh no question, I would live I would live in the Hoenn region, Pokemon. Um Ooh. um just I feel like like as far, you know, obviously I live in the fucking Pokemon, but um on top of that just like the beautiful landscapes, the waterfall,
3: mm-hmm.
1: forests everywhere there and just like and the beaches. I think that that it's it's a geographically diverse region. Um and I feel like there's just a mentality in hoenn that that you know we it would go really well with the way that i live
2: solid mm-hmm. solid we'd be
1: chilling yeah. yeah yeah
2: that was a very that was a very good answer as well some people are just like pokemon yeah okay.
1: i, yeah, just, I mean, it'd be sick to like live in the pokemon world but i i know it'd be hoenn you know that's yeah, exactly. and if it wasn't if it wasn't hoenn it'd be Johto just because of the, how beautiful the the uh, um what's the word i'm looking for just like beautiful the, the architecture is architecture okay. johto but uh yeah either those two but hoen preference you know if it's like if i can't live there it's you know overpopulation or whatever i'll stick with johto that'll be fine because i know it's more spaced out there too so
2: yeah awesome cool so i have the honor of asking the last question and a lot of Sweet. people say it's the most important question what is your favorite color oh wow <laughs>
1: yeah you know, this is something i try not to think about because i know that like If I, like, had a favorite color, it would change, like, every day. Uh But I say, like, my favorite, like, over my entire life has been green. I feel like um, green is, like, I feel like a really just powerful color in, like, the the range of, like, what it can be used for.
3: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: And a lot of shit that I like, I don't even realize the green in it. And then I'm like, oh, it's got green. That's cool, you know. Um, And then, like, as a more, like, intentional thing, just, like, you know, I feel like I really do love like the more like like millennial shade of pink. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. like um just like lighter shades of that and just like how that can be used. Like, almost like a it's weird, like you know what I'm saying, like almost like a beige, but it's still kind of pink. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, almost like an that. incredibly light salmon or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, I'd say like that that's like a color I like to look at, you know? oh yeah thank you
0: all right uh so that's all the questions we have is there anything you want to plug
1: uh you can follow us on social media at origami angel dc on everything um and i we can't show can't wait to show you like what we got what we got planned for y'all
0: oh yeah that's
1: that's all i can think of
0: okay respect cool so uh thank you for sitting down with us this has been uh from origami angel and uh we're the good noise podcast